Okay, now, well, welcome to the Sunday meeting. Uh, I think most everybody here is familiar with the Prospero, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time um, with any kind of introductions. Um, I would just say that uh, if you want to find out further information, uh, go to our two websites, uh, prosperos.org or prosperos.com, and there's a lot of information in there, as well as the bathtub bulletin, or you can feel free to write any of us that are here today, um, like uh, Calvin or myself or Jan well, anybody. You can write to anybody and just say, tell me about your experience if you want to know a little bit more about what we're about. I think the big thing that we're about is we are about community. So our presentation for today is by Kelvin Harris. Kelvin is doing a thing called uh, Conversations with Kelvin. And our, his guest today is Emily, who I have not had the chance to have a conversation with just yet. Um, and uh, so I don't really know too much about her. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about her during our presentation. So let me just talk a little bit about our host for today's event. Uh, it's Mr. Calvin Harris, who I have known for many, many, many years. Uh, and the, the thing that I love about Calvin is he's so passionate about his involvement in the school, but he's also more passionate about history and he's passionate about the future. And he brings a lot of different talents together he started in, his involvement in the Prospero started in 1967. And over many years, Kelvin has made many different contributions to our school, including helping with the running of assembly for years. And also in the 1980s, Kelvin started a class called Grooming Dynamics, uh, which actually was a pretty good class. I, I happen to know the participant who was his first uh, victim. I mean, uh, client. And that was me. And uh, he did a pretty good job. Although today, I don't really, I'm not really recommending uh, my appearance as anything uh, like what Calvin normally does. Anyway, uh, enough of me babbling. Calvin, would you, why don't you unmute yourself and take it away at this point? Okay. Hello, everybody. Aloha. It's good to see everyone today. As uh, Richard mentioned, that um, that I've been involved with uh, many projects in the, the Prosperos. One of the ones that I'm really excited about is when I was what was called a roadrunner. I haven't done that in a few years, so thinking about doing it again. But that's uh, when you are a traveling teacher, and one of the benefits of being a traveling uh, teacher is having the opportunity to engage in conversations with interesting people. And uh, extraordinary things sort of happen. And there's a poignant uh, points that go on within people's stories. And this you find uh, when you're traveling all over the country that this happens everywhere. It's just amazing. Um, in listening to segments of their story, what grabbed my attention and ex excites my curiosity is that if the story somehow involves some kind of change that takes place in their life, especially if that change was brought on, on intentionally, 
that it was something that they did themselves. And then how that changed, that self-discovery had a ripple effect in the world. But now that brings me to my special guest today, a, a resident of Ann Arbor, Michigan, Emily Otto, who I'm just so pleased to that she could carve out some time because I believe she's in um, in the Carolinas or somewhere at her uh, now or soon to be sister-in-law's wedding, <laughs> uh, her husband's uh, sister. So that's going to be exciting. So I, I thank her for taking some time out of her day to do this. Now, when I first met uh, Emily, it was on one of my, um, my um, teaching tours and uh, I had gone to um, Ann Arbor, Michigan, where uh, Emily and her husband lives. And I found Emily uh, being young and energetic and her life was diffused is the word that comes to me in so many directions. It ranged from single woman, wild and free, a, a Burning Man event participant. And at the same time, on the other end of that spectrum, as a straight lace corporate office worker, <laughs> this uh, dichotomy in her, her life was no longer serving her with its contradictory parts and thus it was about to change and she was gonna be the one that was gonna do it. Uh, it's interesting that uh, there were news that were coming out of the educational and scientific communities uh, that started happening about the same time. And it was things that were going on within the scientific engineering and, and computing worlds. And it was with a project that we know as artificial intelligence. It, uh, out of the work that they have been doing and the work since, it is predicted that careers and jobs skills now in place will disappear within the next 15 years. The most valuable attribute millennials and generation Z can have are creativity and adaptability. Jobs will be based on what you want to do rather than what you have to do. So you could say the bad news and therefore the good news is technology will initiate the biggest power and wealth shift in the US history within the next 15 years. Well, what I can say is that the shift has begun. <laughs> your creativity, that which is your innate being and what you love to do will be the key to not only your sustainability, but to your thriving. We are at the beginning of this evolutionary process. And my guest, Emily Otto, is riding that wave of this futurist process. Emily is a business mentor and owner of a company called Corporate Rebel, whose motto is align with the work you were meant to do. I'd like now to introduce my guest today, Emily Otto. Emily? Hey, Calvin. Thank you so much for that introduction. <laughs> 
It's so great to have you here with all that you have going on. I mean, did you have a lot going on this weekend? Don't you? <laughs> I do, but that that seems to be the norm for me. So yeah. thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Congratulations on um, your pulling together. Uh, is this your first um, um, seminar of six months that you're that this program for the two hundred people that you're doing? Oh, um, it, yes. So it's the first time I'm offering a six-month mentorship program, and I have seven women who are working with me one-on-one to build mm-hmm. their business over the next six months. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, your business and your thrust? Or maybe let's go back a little bit. Uh, let's go back to when I first met you. Can you tell us a little bit about what was going on then? Sure. So I had been in uh, corporate human resources and recruiting for about 15 years. And probably two to three years in, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. And that there had to be more to life than going to a stressful office job and relying on someone else's deadlines and all of the stress that came with it. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, when Calvin and I met, I had been exploring different options of what I would do if I didn't do this thing anymore. So I had gone through yoga teacher training. Um, I thought about acupuncture school, going back to school for my therapist license. uh, And I did a lot of different energy work, body work training, things like that. And I just slowly crafted my own thing over time. Um, So Calvin probably met me when I was beginning to figure out, oh, okay, I can do my own thing. And what does that look like? And how do I build it? And will someone actually pay for it? (laughs) (laughs) How do I do that? So yeah, that probably took me about a year to figure out and working with a marketing mentor and um, trying different things. I I launched a six-week course that was a total flop and, uh, you know, just some stubbed toes along the way. And um, yeah, then I, I just, the big turning point was when I had my son, Cedar. Mm-hmm. So at that point, yes, it was interesting because I think we had a conversation during that, that time, uh, not only about uh, your business, but also about you creating your family which you had done also at that, at that time, isn't it? And Cedar is the name of your son and your husband is? Connor. Connor, Uh Mm uh-huh. Yeah. So there was a lot of changes that were going on within your life at that point, not only uh, in regards to your job, but also within uh, creating a family at that point too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think the, let's see, that year we had bought a house, got married, had a baby, and then, uh, yeah, quit my job and started my business. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> the, uh, the thing is that when I talk about uh, poignant stories is the fact that, um, 
having Connor also had uh, Cedar, I'm sorry, having Cedar also had that other uh, stressor going on because the, uh, Cedar, was it a heart operation or something that he needed at birth? Yeah, so Cedar was born with multiple heart defects mm-hmm. and required two open heart surgeries and a pacemaker before he was six months old. So yeah, yeah. that was really intense. And um, it also helped me know where I wanted to put my priorities and focusing on family and spending time with my little guy. So that's what really helped me to quit and stop working a nine to five job that I hated for somebody (laughs) else's deadlines and goals and figure out how to do work the way I wanted to. So all of a sudden, then you were learning how to do that work-life balance and to, and that was the direction that you were moving towards. Well, I really decided I wasn't going to balance it anymore. And I was going Uh to figure out how to build my life and then the work into it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't two separate things or building my life around my job or all of the things that we were told we, you know, you have to have to do the work and it's got to be hard. And then life is what happens around work. And I just wasn't willing to buy into that anymore. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I think that uh, one of the new uh, concepts coming up with the uh, millennials is the fact that, that uh, work can be play that what you're doing, it doesn't mean that you're not putting the same amount of energy, but the, the uh, power in the word is not a negative, but a power, uh, but a positive. So changing work to maybe play. Yeah. And that like why can't it be fun? Why can't you make money and have fun? Absolutely. <laughs> the the other thing too is that with your journey, um, I I'm interested in. There were uh, several other powerful women at your in, in your age group that you were working with at that time. Can you kind of tell us about that? That as you were moving, because I think you recently moved out of whatever that- Oh, sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, my friend Carla started her business about a year before I started mine. And mm-hmm. so I had different peers and mentors that were also doing online businesses, supporting other women and supporting- Uh, people in the world to do their own thing and build things online. So I actually worked with my mentor, Tad Hargrave of Marketing for Hippies for about nine (laughs) months. He's Uh wonderful. And he produces so much free content on YouTube. It's really great. And then um, I started working with a mentor named Jenny Shi, and she has a program called Make It Work Online. So I did a lot of different business training and development to really understand how do you build a business? What do you focus on? What do you do in what order? Um, And how do you tell people about what you're doing so they even know to find you? Because that was a big thing for me. I I started by helping, I help people quit their jobs. uh, But first I help them make a business plan so that then they can quit their jobs. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that business plan is so important. So many individuals, when they say do it now, because when I met you, you were doing it now, but the, doing it now was the the internal mental work that was necessary to come up with how you were going to put that together. So there is, would you say, a element of patience that uh, patience with yourself? Oh yeah, patience and doing it messy. We talk about that a lot. Of just, it's. I have a bunch of really awesome clients who are also perfectionists, and they want to get it right and they want it to look good, you know, but in order to get better at and better at something, you have to be willing to have it not look good, right? You've got to be willing to pedal and fall off the bicycle. It's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, one of the things that I know that you do is that you uh, have for, is it been about a year now, a, um, a daily call uh, uh, on Facebook where you are, whatever, you, you're just putting your face out there. Yeah. Yeah. So Carla, who runs a business called Femme Genius, I was working for her business until recently uh, because mine, there's just too much to do. Um, But basically it's a 366 day challenge to get on Facebook live every day. Um, I skip the weekends now, but basically (laughs) I, I go on Facebook every day and get on live and say something. (laughs) Uh, and it's interesting is sometimes it's not even you saying anything, but it's uh, body mu- movement or dance mm-hmm. <laughs> and that. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it is um, working uh, with that. And uh, one of the concepts that I think individuals who are, um, really caring people and really want to help individuals. A problem that they have is helping individuals and being able to charge for it. And can you tell me how you got over that? (laughs) Yeah. So that was by doing a lot of sales training um, because Mm -hmm. I used to think that selling was icky. People who were trying to sell you something were trying to hurt you. And I realized that Uh, those beliefs weren't true, but it took me a while to root them out. And then to see examples in the world of people trying to sell something as helping you or teaching you, or um, a mentor of mine calls it selling as helping or selling as a service. And so if I don't sell what I'm doing, then for me, this is how I look at it. If I don't sell my work, then I'm doing a disservice to people because I'm not telling them about it and I'm not giving them the opportunity for transformation and change. But mm-hmm. I had to flip it in my head of like, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of hurting people if I'm not willing to put it out there into the world because I have something that can help people and I can mentor and help them through the process. But if I don't talk about it and I don't offer it and I don't charge money for it, then people aren't gonna do it. And that's not going to help the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, that is a big one. That is really one that I think we all struggle with. So uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, So um, in working, uh, now you've talked about the importance of working with the mentors and the mentors that you, that you work with, but you've also worked with a, uh, um, 
consortium of women also um, peers of yours where you all sort of said, hell yes, we're going to do this. And could you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think the coolest part of this online coaching industry has been um, the group of women I'm surrounded by. So there was a bit of a a middle finger given to the glass ceiling idea. And now I see women working from home on their own schedules online and getting paid for what was traditionally women's work, right? Doing this coaching or talking people through problems and solutions and just making them feel better and empowered. Mm -hmm. Now people can actually make that accessible and charge money for it and offer specific programs. So there are women who are sleep coaches and consultants for moms of newborns. Mm -hmm. There are women who are empowerment and confidence coaches. There's men too. I'm just, my little bubble is mostly women. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. because you had mentioned one of your first coaches was a a man and his name again was... Sure. His name is Tad Hargrave and Mm -hmm. his business is marketing for hippies. And Mm -hmm. he's been doing that for about 25 years and has some really solid, um, really helpful skills in marketing. Lots of Mm -hmm. YouTube videos and free content. Mm -hmm. Now there are also... um, um, there is a a uh, a mentor that you you talk about, and he does something on mythic masculinity or something or other. Or does oh pop- sure. So that's my friend, uh, a fellow orphan wisdom school scholar, Ian McKenzie, mm-hmm. and he runs a podcast called The Mythic Masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, are some of these individuals individuals that you had uh, had grown up with, or are they individuals that you have uh, known through um, Burning Man or uh, through some of the dancing or or acrobatics yeah. that your husband has done? Pro- so most of them I've met through in the last five years mm-hmm. through different programs or schools. So Ian, I met through the Orphan Wisdom School, and I actually mm-hmm. met him at Burning Man before mm-hmm. that. Um, so yeah, and then the I'm in two different groups of women that support each other, and we met in different programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you so that that business of of uh, mentors supporting mentors is very important. You would say. Yeah, definitely, and uh, just you know, for pricing of programs, and also just for mindset things, or for help mm-hmm. getting over hurdles and um, figuring out different ways to do it. Just having a different perspective is really empowering and helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting about your content because a lot of people, when they're when they're dealing with content or trying to figure out what to do, um, I, I I I love the fact that you uh, that. Uh, your free content that you give is not where you're throwing the baby, uh, throwing the um, uh, dishwater out with the baby, that you're not giving the baby away or that pearl of of wisdom that everything that you're doing is building towards uh, the seminars or classes that you're doing. But you do Mm -hmm. have really valuable content that you give that is free too. Can you kind of say how you Thank you. Um, Probably the best content I give is in my private Facebook group called Corporate Rebels. And that's just R-E-B-E-L-L-E-S. 
and it's a free group. I've got about 200 people in it. And I try to give my most impactful videos or little nuggets of wisdom or helpful videos. So I just did one last week on how to get your first client um, about, okay, how do you do that? What does it look like? But I really believe in giving as much away for free as possible um, mm -hmm. because for me, I can give you the instructions on how to do it all day long, but implementing it and practicing yeah. it and having somebody hold your hand through it and helping you troubleshoot. Um, that's what I get paid for. That's yes. what the coaching is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, what advice would you give others that were are beginning a career like this? Hmm. or any career, uh, say someone coming to you uh, and wanting to start their own business or something, what would, you, what would you say to get them started? I think there's three things that come to mind. Uh, one is on watching and listening to other people. And so kind of absorbing, sharing stories, doing coffee chats, even with the way of the world now, you can do virtual coffee chats with people and just um, networking is a big thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's really about consistent content creation in the social media realm. So putting your face out there, just talking about what you're interested in. And so other people then start to see you as the go-to person for that particular thing. Um, that's really important. And then the third piece would be focus on client outreach. So a lot of people will want to, you know, design a website, get a business card, create their programs and everything's on the back end. And you can do that for six months. But if you don't put it out there and tell people you're doing it, you'll never get paid for it. And people won't mm -hmm. see that they can, you know, be served by something you have to offer. Mm -hmm. So I, I think service is a key word here. Yeah. Uh, and that um, I think that too long that everyone will do lip service to uh, teachers being very important in people's lives. But as we know, normally teachers are the least paid uh, within situations. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe moving towards uh, someone's creativity, because we were talking about that uh, the uh, job market and, and, and careers were, are going to have to be moved towards individuals' um, creativity and their ability to be adaptable. Could you kind of speak to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So it feels like uh, the state of the world is that we can do more things than we ever before. And it's hard to stand out or it's hard to uh, claim your little plot of land, right? And with your, your little flag on it. So that takes some finesse and work. And I think the more creative we can get with it, um, the more people start to see us as that, that person that they go to for that thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't have to be super narrow focused, but it is important. Um, so I have a friend, Alex Baisley, who's a mentor and coach of mine too, he's got a program called the big dream program. And his whole thing is helping people kind of envision what they want their life to look like. Um, yeah. And so just really getting creative with what do you actually want to do? What do you like? And how does it serve people? How does it help others? 
And then how do you talk about it in a way that people see that you have something that can help them with their problem? Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the big key right there is how do you talk about it in the way that those people are talking about it so that they can see themselves in your writing or in your marketing or in your email newsletter, you know? Yeah. So writing, I think is really kind of important too, uh, in that, uh, did many of your ideas come out of your journaling or, or was it specifically, uh, business writing that you were doing? A little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. free, free writing and journaling is helpful, but I found it um, of deeper help to go through my marketing mentor's prompts. He had, oh my goodness, you guys, I have 45 pages of writing on like my view of the world and corporate America <laughs> and why it sucks and <laughs> what you should do about it. Um, yeah, so his prompts were really helpful and his way of kind of linking the ideas together. And Mm -hmm. then I've gone through other trainings that help me focus on, okay, how do I talk about an eight eight week course, a 12 week course? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? What do I need Mm -hmm. in it? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So really just other people's expertise and prompts. Those have been the most important piece. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to bring out someone at this point. I want to um, to bring out someone who I I think is a, a pioneer in this uh, uh, that I've known <laughs> that it sort of just kind of uh, come through and just said, okay, uh, I'm going to do it, and that was uh, Sharon. Um, uh, could you unmute Sharon, Richard? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me? Mm-hmm. I can't hear myself. I can hear you. I can uh, hear you. God, I won't even know what I said to all of you. <laughs> so did I'm you available say- to answer any questions okay, I might be good, able to. Good, good. Okay. Now, when I first met you, you were uh, in tow with uh, children from somewhere. <laughs> The land of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely uh, had surpassed in uh, your um, ability to, to uh, provide for your children and also at the same time, that same sort of challenge with uh, how to work and also how to, to, in the midst of all that, have that sense of yourself. Can you kind of talk to that a little bit? Well, I think one of the things early on, I was never willing to accept the idea that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. That's a double-edged sword. Yes. (laughs) You find yourself hanging off a cliff sometimes, but um, I just didn't believe what many people said was standard fare, you know. You can't go to California with three children. You, um, what will you do? Uh, how are you going to make it? And um, I was just the ideal person to do that because I just saw it all as an adventure. Yeah. And again, um, I love the things that Emily has been saying. Um, the accelerated wisdom. <laughs> I don't know that I always had that level of wisdom, 
but I just wasn't going to give in to mass consciousness and think that I as a woman couldn't do that. You know, I had been born and bred to be a lady. (laughs) 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 So anyway, we fixed that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm glad for as uh, as Calvin says, the pioneering days. Um, I'm glad to have been someone in that that first round. And uh, one of the first things that happened, uh, not immediately, because I had a few small steps that don't bear mentioning, but when I came to California, but um, I had a mentor from the Prosperos who said that I had met. And she said, I have an interview for you. It's a startup position, but the field is wide open. And of course it was, there were two women to an office of 20. So um, we were new on the block. And um, there's no reason we can't do it. We. I knew it then, but through some hard lessons, perhaps. But um, it was a great education. And the first computer operation that I was a part of, uh, I got my feet wet and had enough background to go to the next step and interview for an international company. And um, when I interviewed the headhunter on that incidents called back and he said you've got to get back in there the guy who interviewed you thinks you're not strong enough you're not going to give them hell and of course I must have been talking as a lady and you know there's a mix there what men can do and still be okay but anyway so he said you get back in there the next morning and you let them know just how much you can do mm-hmm. So when, when the manager came in the door that morning, I was sitting waiting and I stood up immediately and told him I thought we needed to talk further. Good. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Emily, uh, with that and the, uh, the, and when I talk about work-life uh, balance, it's the, the situation of um, um, cutting down the number of hours that you're actually uh, uh, working. Uh, what, mm-hmm. is, what is the, uh, the ratio of work to the rest of your life that, you, that you're planning as a millennial, as that change in, in that your whole life shouldn't be your, your job? Mm, so right now I aim for between 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. So part-time work but full-time pay is the goal. And I'll probably work a bit more because I like what I do as, uh, as Cedar's in elementary school. He's in daycare three days a week right now. And that's when I work usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, during the day. But I also make time to go for hikes and get outside and kind of make self-care one of my priorities. 
Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, uh, we're going to open this up for questions and things uh, now, but someone else that I want to kind of call in into this, this mix is someone else that I know that sort of does this uh, entrepreneuring and mentoring, and that's Zoe Robinson. Zoe, could you come uh, come on? Can you unmute yourself and uh, and uh, come on board? There you go. Hello, Calvin. Uh, hi. Uh, Zoe. Hello, Emily and Sharon. Okay. One Let's thing, I, I think, I don't know whether you know it or not, Emily, but uh, Zoe was who your husband had visited in Greece. So. I thought so. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, <laughs> nice that was you, Zoe. I have photographs of him still. Mm. <laughs> yeah. How is he? He's doing really well. Yeah, he's upstairs playing magic with his brother right now. <laughs> Sounds like a good way to spend your time. <laughs> because Zoe, you uh, have been doing your mentoring business for a while now, haven't you? Quite some time, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so and the I get, and there's one thing I'll say right off the bat is that I can figure out part time, but I haven't figured out full time pay. So, <laughs> yeah. Emily, if you have any, any help for me, then Okay. All righty. Okay. So we're going to open this up to uh, everyone. So if you ha uh, have questions or whatever, uh, let's go ahead and uh, that. Um, Lasandra, Lis my goodness, Lasandra, I, I know that you have recently started work or something within the last six months, right? Doing something. I, I uh, went from maintenance to manager but now i'm assistant manager and half maintenance mm -hmm. she's it she's everything I'm a little <laughs> bit of everything yeah yeah <laughs> and and that so um because i know that though a lot of energy and excitement has gone into uh, uh you doing uh doing that as well as you working with um your children uh and that i've seen the pictures lately of you and the kids and that and and jonathan proud papa <laughs> <laughs> and that so um uh, uh Richard, if you can unmute everybody and then we can go ahead and see what anyone else has to say at this point. People may have to unmute themselves. Oh, yes, please. I just ripped my mask off. I had a quick question. Yeah, for, uh, yeah. I, I had one for Emily because it seems like uh, some of your decisions and where you're at happened at what appears almost like breakneck speed so when do you remember a time do you remember an age or a particular moment where you just were you had your foot in this side of the door and you just crossed over do you remember when that happened and what gosh what thought that, that thank you for that reflection that's a really cool question um it was more in incremental pieces right of like different events happened 
I cried at every corporate job I ever had. I, <laughs> I was stressed out um, at every single one. And uh, before I married Connor, I was previously married and got divorced. And uh, so there were just so many little steps along the way. I think the biggest one was the first really stressful corporate job I had. And I just had this sense that it didn't have to be this way. And I didn't know, you know, similar to um, what was just shared about not falling into the mass consciousness. It, like, you just know that it's wrong, but everyone around you is doing the thing. And so there's this piece of me that just held to the idea that just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it's right. And just trusting kind of that inner guidance, that was a big piece. And then every little training I did along the way, yoga teacher training was huge. And then working with Calvin was another big leap. And then doing, um, gosh, I've done shamanism training. I'm in clairvoyant school right now. Like each little step along the way is this big piece, but it all moves me forward. Yeah, <laughs> I hope that helps. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of moving in pieces in that, David, because you have been all over the world and, 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 and that and has done several kinds of things. Can you speak a bit? Well, I was in the corporate world and I loved it. Um, mm. So Yay. It's, a, it's, a, it's a matter of um, finding the path with heart for you, I think. Yes. Um, Accepting a stereotype role is rarely the path to happiness. Hmm. And I was always a rebel within the corporation. Wise corporations always keep some rebels around. IBM used to actually have a formula of the number of rebels to non-rebels. <laughs> um, that's back when they were considered one of the world's best run companies. I I'm Curious, I'd like you to talk a little bit more <clears throat> about reaching out. It's really easy, particularly nowadays online, to put your merchandise on the shelf. Mm. You set up a web page, you have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, and you're just there. But that's that in and of itself does not work. No. And that next step of reaching out to people is very difficult for some people. Some people mm -hmm. like Calvin, no trouble reaching out to people, sometimes <laughs> literally. Um, but other people, um, there's a blockage. Can, can you talk about how you dealt with that? Sure, that's a great question. You know, bringing it back to Calvin, I think a lot of it is about building relationships. And that's one thing he does exceedingly well of many things, um, but building relationships with people so that what is it uh my marketing mentors say so that they know like and trust you and having that be authentic right so that you really get to know someone and their authenticity and their true selves so that you like them and then you trust them enough to buy from them and say oh yeah this person this person can help me and they have something i want to buy whether that's the brand of cereal we like or it's, you know, a service we're paying for for six months of mentoring. Um, so to build relationships, 
it is one-on-one, but how do you reach those people, right? So I think a lot of it for me, uh, Tad Hargrave, the marketing guy, taught me a method called hub marketing. So it's really around seeing, okay, well, my people are frustrated with their job and they want out, they want to start a business, but they don't know how. So then I have to think, where else are they going? Who else are they connecting to? And one place would be yoga studios or coffee shops or other programs. Um, And so reaching out to those organizations or connecting with those people, getting into their Facebook groups uh, and then being of service. So showing up and commenting or initiating a conversation uh, and then doing things like building my Facebook group and doing Facebook live videos, doing free trainings, stuff like that uh, starts to get your information out there and then lets people know, like, and trust you so that they do want to buy from you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Calvin, can I uh, jump in at this point? Yeah. Okay. Um, Emily, one thing I wanted to mention to you is that I've been working as a professional psychic for over 40 years. Awesome. Uh, I actually do a lot of teaching people how to read tarot cards. That seems to be my niche. So if I can be of any assistance to you, I want to just offer that to you. Um, you. There were so many uh, resources you gave us today. Uh, I tried to write down a few of them because I'm Mm. I'm trying to market myself. I'm wondering if you might be able to provide us a list of of some of the the names that you mentioned today. But before I go any further, I have to show you something. Let's see if you can see this. Can you see that right there? I can. It's a magic card and I am immortalized <laughs> on it. So you yeah. got to tell your husband you met a guy who's on magic cards. Nice. I'll do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you and thanks for that mm-hmm. offer. Uh, that's sure. very exciting. Um, I, I will be happy to provide Calvin a written list that we can share. Please. And then I'm happy to just drop a couple names of really good marketing and uh, online business resources right now, if that would be of service. Um, So I've talked about Tad Hargrave a lot, Marketing for Hippies. Um, A woman I really like, she's a little fancy. Her name is Kendrick Shope. And uh, she does a lot of helpful things with selling and marketing. Hold on just a moment, Emily. Um, Richard, if you can, in the chat box to everyone, type this out, uh, then everyone can have it. And then they can go ahead and they can write it out at that point. Okay, Okay, I'll start doing that, Kelvin. Okay. Thank you. Um, So Tad Hargrave, that's the marketing for hippies guy. And then uh, Kendrick Shope. Um. Let's see. I said Alex Baisley. He runs a program called the Big Dream E-Kit. It's a $1 E-Kit. I recommend everybody do it. It's so cool. Um, let me, um, I'm not quite that quick of a typist. I got Tad Hargrave out. The second awesome. one was Kendrick. Kendrick Shope. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is her thing? She does sell- selling and marketing. Okay. All right, so that's, I got that one was, okay, go ahead. Yeah, the next one would be Alex Baisley. And his is called the Big Dream Program. He's actually a 30-year Reiki master and was a commercial diver before that. (laughs) Really interesting dude. 
And um, let's see, George Cow, K-A-O. He has a lot of good stuff on how to make online courses and um, kind of heart-centered marketing. And then the last one I would recommend would be Mark Silver. He runs a company called The Heart of Business. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, or we haven't heard from you yet. Can you, uh, can you say uh, something about um, your job? Because it is a professional one. And, and yet I, uh, I, I think that you've been very, very uh, successful because I think you really enjoy what you do, what you do. And not only that, but you can joke about it, which I think is so fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful to meet you, Emily. You too, uh, Sharon thank you. And I, yeah, I, I didn't meet you both, so. Um, I'm a I'm doctor, I'm in neurology, I am marketing service mm. <laughs> of health. So um, I'm coaching patients into health. It's different. Mm. Um, the, this COVID came and of course I did some telemedicine and uh, I was always thinking about the future of medicine. It's going to be more online. Of course, we examine the patients, certain things you have to examine the patients physically, uh, certain patients, not all of them, but sometimes when you know the patient first time, physically you can monitor certain things online. So it's the future, I think, you know, doing things online, coaching online, everything is going online. My question to you will be, uh, I'm worried about the kids. So they are mm -hmm. online too, you know, they're going to video games, all this, there's, there's now new data appearing now. The more online people are, especially with video games, the more cognitive deficits, uh, difficulties they are having. What mm. do you say to that? Of course, you are doing your own part. You are doing balance, you are going out, you are doing active. But the, when it comes to kids, the corporate business brings about lots of conflict. That's my biggest conflict nowadays. <laughs> with, mm -hmm. I have two kids, so... So this, of course, with good things, the risks also come. You have to struggle with the risks too. So that's what I'm thinking. Mm. It, was a, it, was, it was very nice to meet you. You too. That's a good question. I don't have good answers. And I think it, it's one worth pondering and asking. Mm. I know for my two and a half year old, um, he doesn't get screen time. I, I let him watch Sesame Street for the first time this week and uh <laughs> and i think that's been a big part of his cognitive development he's he's ahead in terms of his verbal acuity and um his development and so i think it is placing the priority on the human and using technology as the tool it's still just a tool and i think it's so important that we keep it there right yes. like ai everything that's happening is it's so awesome what humans are doing but I think it's so important that we remember that humans are the ones doing it and that nothing can replace human kindness and compassion and brain power and kind of focusing on that connection those relationships that authenticity making that our priority so for example this um, 
I, I only do my calls with clients on a phone call so I can go for a walk while I'm talking to my clients. I don't do Zoom calls. <laughs> so using our technology to our advantage and not being a slave to it. I, Emily, I think that is really the um, the uh, key that every that whatever is out there is always a double edged sword, and individuals are always talking about the good that it can do, not realizing that that, that everything has a drawback in that. Okay. So, pointing that out is really very important. Uh, so, thank you for that. Thank you, Laura, for your comment. Also, mm-hmm. okay. Um, like so many things that are powerful and that goes right back to sex and fire and mm-hmm. then goes into drugs and electricity and mm-hmm. uh, artificial intelligence are all these uh, good servant and bad master things yeah. <laughs> you have to remember who's in charge yeah. and yeah. some things will take away your ability to be in charge so don't do them whether it's a person or uh, or a, a, a bad, uh, a bad joint. <laughs> well, with that, uh, then I, um, since all of this is about change and the movement and the importance of it, I have a song that I'd like to uh, close with, and then we can say whatever final comments that we have after that. Richard, can you play that, please? Okay, here we go. And thank you, Or, for this.
I want to thank everyone for being here today. Thank you again, Emily, for uh, sharing your time with us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation and for everybody participating so thoroughly. It was so lovely to meet you all.